You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hogger Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morrill. As always, I'm joined by our co-host, Dakota Davis. Welcome, Dakota. What's up? Uh, and, uh, on my right today, we have our returning co-host, Clay Morgan. Hello, Clay. Hey, glad to be back. Uh, our show is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's a show about the folks who are involved in politics. We promise that our episodes are going to be fun and an easy listen. We interview people that are influencers, elected officials, and political experts, and folks that are just going to be found interesting. Today's featured guest is a gentleman named Jonathan Lamb. He is running for the U.S. Congress seat, 6th District in Indiana. Uh, this seat has been held by uh, David McIntosh from Muncie, uh, went on from Congress to be the uh, president of the Club for Growth, uh, held by some guy named Mike Pence after that, who went on to become governor and the vice president of the country, and then... Currently held by uh, Luke Messer, who's uh, leaving the seat to run for the U.S. Senate. So, uh, Jonathan, quite the uh, <laughs> quite the list. If you if you get to this one, you've uh, you got some high expectations, man. That's right. Nothing to be scared about there. So, <laughs> welcome uh, <laughs> welcome to the show. We're glad to have you. Now, Jonathan, you're running as a Republican, right? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. But I, I you handed out some flyers uh, before we got started and business cards and stuff, and I love that you put conservative Republican at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, that, there you that's go. my favorite part about this fire. <laughs> it says it twice on here. Like, you know it's you know it's for real. That's right. So uh, the way we typically do the show is uh, we'll do a few minutes of catch-up here, uh, Dakota and myself and Clay and anything that's ca- happened in the last little while. Uh, and then we'll spotlight Jonathan, and then we're going to get into a handful of issues uh, later, later in the show uh, dealing with uh, Indiana. Uh, and some local issues here, and then Dakota actually visited uh, the Indiana uh, or the Newcastle, Indiana City Council for the first time. I did, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll get into that. And uh, I, I went undercover for Clay. That's I right. Went on a uh, undercover mission. So you were getting a little shaggy, and you it couldn't was, work it out with your regular barber. It was an unsanctioned undercover mission. Like I, I didn't approve it. He did it on his own, but I appreciate his uh, input. Well, see, it was Monday. And I knew oh, that yeah. you knew. I knew that I was going to be working late the rest of the week, and I was like, "Well, I gotta get my. I week. understand. I have to get my haircut. I understand." And I was like, "You know what? I can turn this into a little bit of recon for Clay." There you go. So you and went. Uh, you went to the famous hair. Is that where you went to? No, I, I didn't go there. I'm, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna say the name of the barber shop. It's okay, if but you do. it sounds I'm a lot fine. like a, an airplane and a, yes. a, a, yep. a, yes. a band from the uh, from it's, days gone by. It, right, it actually. Across. Actually, while, while you're talking about that, I will say this, because there has been little barbershop rumors going around the city. Uh-oh. Really? Yes. Oh, there has. There has. I yes. can't imagine rumors in a barbershop. So, I know. Can you believe it? Can I mean, they're not, they're not beauty but salons. I will so. say this on air right now, that B-52s is just fine with me, and everything I've seen, uh, Jeff does a really good job, so... 
No issues there. I knew he was going to be too nice. <clears throat> yeah, looks like a great haircut, too. You I, know? Kn- so, I knew you were going to be too oh, nice. yeah, no worries. No yeah, worries. Man. Jeff's all right. I just can't believe you paid $30 for that and you give Clay 10 That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Andy tipped him. Weird. Oh, now that is bad. That's just... I did yeah. tip him. I gave him $12. Jonathan, uh, when you go to the barber, the are, are you a tipper when you go to the barber? Is that a, is that yeah, a thing do, for you? I'm not a cash guy. So yeah, so yeah, it's on the, on, the, yeah. Yeah, on the card. I'm the same way. We've we've talked about tipping a number of times on the show. It always oh it accidentally gosh, comes so up. But, yes. Um, yeah. It, well, it, Dakota's a Franco flyer, so it you know he's all good. He's on the on the monthly plan. It's like crew he's car good. wash. He's just got the regular <laughs> pass, and he's just in there on the regular. Yeah. yeah. I think you should go with the stair steps, though. The stair steps. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if my employer would appreciate it. <laughs> There's a young lady sitting over in the corner that we'd have to ask yeah. her first. <laughs> she yeah. has full approval. The uh, the fiance. She made me trim my beard today. We're going to get you a hair on your bachelor parties coming up here in a few weeks. We're going to yep. take you in for a for a questionable haircut then. A questionable? <laughs> you never know. Yeah. <laughs> could be gone by morning. You don't know. Yeah, it could. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, we don't know. Man. So uh Dakota uh, and I got to hang out. Uh Clay was you 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 flew off. You literally it, left us. I was us. flying. I was in the air. Yes, sir. You went out to uh to the to the middle coast to uh to Colorado <laughs> and did some mountain climbing and that is God right. knows what else. That is right. That is right. I saw two different weed places. <clears throat> Only two? Only two. I was huh. kind of surprised. I thought, okay, I'm going to go out to Colorado and I'm going to see weed everywhere. Yeah, it's just going to smell like a skunk wherever nah, you go. Yeah, there was there was literally I in my Short couple hours drive between Denver and Colorado Springs. I figured they would be in the airport, just I like only saw two. like in Vegas yeah, with the with the, uh, the slot machines. You just right like as soon as you land. Yeah. Hey, you now, I did weed? land in Vegas first. Oh, did you? And yeah, I saw the slot machine right off the bat. So Absolutely. Me and my wife got a little selfie with the slot machine. And did you play? No, did not oh. actually. <laughs> Come but on, man. I gave my kids all my quarters before I left. There you go, just so, in case. Just so we didn't in case. get in trouble. Didn't want to be tempted. Man, so uh, you were gone, Dakota and I. Uh, I don't know how it happened. It you, was like this—the weirdest thing. Like we have a group chat going with all the people from We Are Libertarians, correct? And James Neese, like, if you listen to the We Are Libertarians podcast, you know who James Neese is. Um, if you do not, then you'll get a little bit of a background uh, from this story. But he 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 lives in uh, where's he? I think he lives up in Tipton. He lives Tipton, north of Indianapolis. Yeah, right. He's an IT guy, total grunge. Like he's just he looks like the unwashed masses with the the, the beanie and no matter what <laughs> yeah. time of the year he, it is. And he looks like he literally stepped out of a 1992 punk rock concert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he um he he texts us and he's like, "Hey guys, I'm free tomorrow. Let's hit up the this the the Indian place in Spiceland, Indiana." And I'm like, "What?" And he goes, "I love Indian food." And I'm like, "Okay." I'm, well, you know, I've I'm never free. had it before in my life, so I'm always down for a story. So I said, so, why not? We'll so try Jeremiah it. privately messages me and said, are we going to do this or just blow them off? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, let's do it. I think it'll be a good time. So it was me and you yep. and our... And our significant and our others. Significant the others. lovely yep. Sarah Potter and uh, the lovely Audrey Joe Peavy to be Davis. And then James Neese. And James. Yep. Of course, and James was like two hours late. It, yeah. And we, we come up... We come up to the building, and it you know it says Indian food, and then it says carry out liquor and cold beer and pizza, and it's a Sitco. I, yeah. I don't know if you've had a chance go. to see this place yet. It's at uh, at the Spiceland exit on Seventy Everything State you Road Three. Right yep. Yeah. So uh, we went in, and I had never tried it before. It was definitely uh, it was kind of what I expected. A lot of vivid colors in the food. Yep. <laughs> and yep. Uh, I mean, if your doctor is telling you that you need to start eating your collars. <laughs> Just go to Indi- 
any Indian restaurant and you'll still get the unhealthy food, but it's colorful. It looked like the buffet from Vegas Vacation where Clark said <laughs> I'll have some of the yellow. <laughs> that's, that's it. Uh, yeah. but I did not need extras. I had just enough. And I'm doing this, the South Beach thing where I'm trying to, you know, not eat sugar and yeah. so potatoes or anything. Jeremiah's going to be on, a, you can't outrun the fork with Brett Bittner uh, in a few yeah, weeks. I don't, we're still, he hasn't asked me yet. The keto cast. I'm just trying to lose enough weight to be uncomfortably, um, uh, to to make my my suit fit very awkwardly or whatever. That's basically <laughs> my whole goal now, is just to just to look uh, well, messy. You'll get it two weeks in advance, so it's true. You can you can always send it back. It's that's plausible. It can be done. So, so anyway, let's yeah, hope it happens. We checked out the uh, we checked out the Indian food. I didn't have any of the naan. I couldn't have any of the uh, uh, the, no. the rice or whatever. So it was just kind of eating with a spoon at that point. Yeah, he was eating everything. Like I'm getting big plates and I'm putting down like a huge bed of rice. And then I'm putting like the curry and anything I want just on top of the rice, right? Like that's how you do it. And Jeremiah is just. I'm almost being verbally abused by the staff going, you need to eat naan with that. I'm like, I can't. Yeah. And he's, he's just looking so sad and disappointed (laughs) as he eats his, his chicken curry out of a bowl. Uh, It was like soup. It was like curry soup. Yeah. And you got asked about seven times. Yeah. Do you you want some naan with that? I really needed to just take it. Is it naan or naan? I have no idea. I don't Did know. you get a coupon for a car wash? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. So they were, that was the uh, that was that experience. And I thought it was really good. I I mean, but apparently my my Indian food experiences have not been on par with James Nice because he gave it a five. And I was like, really? I'm thinking more of an eight. And he goes, it's too runny. Yeah. Hmm. So. He must be a connoisseur yeah that's all right so we do need to give a big thank you to uh to some donors dakota we, we had do. some uh we said we've had obviously we've moved into the new studio this is the uh, the second episode we're on episode 22 of boss hog liberty the second one in the uh, in the new studio north of q avenue uh fantastic sound quality uh it was that made it out and we had some uh, some more folks reach out had a big contribution uh, from thanks to the folks over at uh, Big Bounce here in Newcastle and uh, and Wyland's Flowers. Yep. Uh, appreciate their support very much, uh, Matt Chapman and all all those guys and what they do for us. Uh, and then uh, Craig DeCosta and Christy Avery, uh, David Herring and uh, Sarah Potter. Uh, we thank them for their support as well. So uh, this is definitely a, a crowdfunded kind of a deal. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Video uh, video is coming soon, but for now you got the uh, the audio format. And but of I course think we think uh, we are libertarians. Yes, you got, pointing, you got, you got all the, the decorations in here. He's got the rec, we got the Rex Bell for Governor uh, Yard sign and the Hillary Clinton Nutcracker up on the uh, on the wall. <laughs> yep, it says cracks the toughest nuts, <laughs> <laughs> stainless steel thighs. So man, and there's a slot machine right next to it for uh for clay. There you go. Oh, there you go. Maybe I could play play that one. Uh, since I think it's yeah, I mean, it, it actually works. Like it takes a quarter, yeah, and so, it'll spit you quarters. Back someday, out when when, when Clay's in the General Assembly, I look forward to him making sure we have live dealers at all of our casinos. Hey, there you go. Yeah, right. that good. Instead of the holographic, right, that's right. right next to it is a is a Marilyn Monroe puzzle. That one time, whenever I was a whenever I was a kid, I asked for an Xbox for Christmas, and uh, from my grandpa. And uh, we went over to my grandpa's house, and I there's a box that was like the perfect size for an Xbox. And I opened it up. You thought you had struck gold. Yep. I'm like, yes, this is it. This is the one. And I opened it up, and then I opened up the box that was wrapped, and there was a uh, like a thing of jacks and uh, 
a deck of cards. Not Jack's Dan- Jack Daniels <laughs> or no. Jack's Donuts. This no. was yeah this, the Jacks, like the yeah, the, like the kids you, game. You, you throw, throw the bouncy ball and then you yeah. pick up the Jacks and uh, a deck of cards and then the the Marilyn Monroe uh, puzzle. And he said, well, whenever I was a kid, we didn't have video games or anything. So I gave you what my Xbox would have been. <laughs> so that's that's the story of that in case people come in and they're like, why in the world does he have a, a Legends Marilyn Monroe puzzle on there his we bookshelf? Go. Joke's on him. That's worth like $1,000 on eBay now. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Collector's item. Man. All right. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit to Jonathan. He's sitting here waiting patiently and suffering through uh, a, a podcast that uh, he have, have you been a listener? Have you listened to some of this? Is this yeah. Yeah. Uh, I caught some of your uh, episodes here. Awesome. Well, we appreciate that very much. I was hoping for a DNA test. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> maybe 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 next time. Hey, hey, Jonathan, you give me the hundred dollars and I'll make sure that you get That's the right. DNA test. We'll have a $20 contribution and we'll get you the, get you the purity test. <laughs> I, I turned out to be more Mormon than I ever expected to be. Like, came over, came over with the, uh, with the originals. That means you can have like three wives. I, uh, one is plenty. Yeah. <laughs> one, one will be plenty. I don't think I need that, uh, <laughs> those comedy complications in my life. You're gonna get me in trouble. Man. So, uh, Jonathan, you're running for, uh, for Congress in the sixth district. Yeah. Um, is this something you've thought about for a while? Is this like you've done other political activities before or just seems like the right time? Let's let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. And to make a long story short, no. Never had political aspirations. You know, it's not – you kind of read these biographies of these guys that are uh, in Washington, D.C., and it's read like they've prepared since they were six years old. You know, I'm going to be an Eagle Scout, and then I'm going to go do this, and I'm going to go do that, and then I'm going to clerk for this person – and then, you know, I'm going to be just up and up the ladder. Right. And yeah. You always hear that story. I always wanted yeah. to do something in politics. like. Yeah. And for me, it's just uh, the doors kind of opened up and it was the, the right time. And frankly, I was just angry. I was, you know, so my background, if we back up a little bit, um, I'm a, a business guy. I'm uh, an economist turned entrepreneur. Okay. So uh, after I graduated from Ball State, I have a degree in economics and a degree in risk management and went and worked in the power business. Yep, for the uh, the same company I work for. Oh, yeah? Yeah, based in uh, the Carolinas. So you were – I you say I, it on air? Well, no, I'm, I don't use those <laughs> I don't say the company thing. He tries, he tries to avoid it. Yeah. We don't want to bring too much shame upon our no, employers. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My company I, I, eventually was acquired by probably what your company was, but I ran about a $3 yeah. billion dollar power portfolio. Um, but I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So since then, hit the fast forward button. I've started seven companies. Um, the last company my wife and I sold, I was like, holy crap, I just got nailed with taxes on that. And the whole reason we sold it was we had this huge healthcare issue. It's like, do we expand and get killed by Obamacare to where the point is, you know, we've grown twice as big, but our revenues have grown twice as rich, but big, but our profits are half what they were before. So these were the questions that I asked, and afterwards I'm like, we have to do something about this. Um, well, I, I think like there you're, you've got it all wrong because Obamacare created jobs, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Ob- so uh, that's how and I that, isn't that what they said? I, right? I understood that <laughs> Obamacare created jobs. Exactly. Well, this is interesting. And it lowered it lowered health insurance exactly. costs. And everybody that never had insurance just exactly. willingly wanted to have insurance after that. So you're saying that you actually had to. Yeah, it actually cost employer stuff, believe oh, it or not. Okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. We interesting. Were, we were prepping um, today. We had uh, someone ran some reports. Um, 
we got a great staff. We've got a great volunteer staff. Uh, we have about seven interns that are going to be working for us that are Ball State students. Um, and we pulled the demographics today. We went and pulled all the employers from the 19 counties. This is a huge district. And yeah. of the 19 counties, I think I have the ask Josh, but Very I think that big. 13 or 14 of the 19 counties, the number one employer in the county was a hospital. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's the case in Henry County. In Newcastle, yeah. Henry County Hospital is our biggest one. And I'm sure Muncie. Yeah. So Muncie, we have Ball point, State. Ball, Ball State followed by the hospital. Yeah, by, followed yeah. by the IU Ball Hospital. Yep. Yeah. Which is still funny for me to say. So, I mean, nothing like IU slapping everyone in the face. <laughs> you know, there's an IU hospital right, right on Purdue's campus. campus. And there's yep. one on Ball State's campus. And it's like, oh, this is the world we live in. Just mm-hmm. as long as there's not a Patriot Stadium in downtown Indy, I'm good. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, <laughs> for those of – of course, this podcast is uh, – we. It, it's interesting the approach we have. We're focused on East Central Indiana and you know our, our local area here, but we also have listeners all over the country and, in fact, kind of – we have actually some worldwide listeners. Uh, so the 6th Congressional District is mostly rural, as Jonathan said. It's eastern yeah. Indiana. Uh, goes from uh, pretty much our part of the state, Muncie and Delaware County, uh, all the way down to the Ohio River, which borders Kentucky. Yep. Uh, and it's the eastern side of Indiana, basically. Um, so Muncie, Richmond, um, Columbus. Newcastle, Columbus, yep. uh, North Vernon, Madison. Madison. Yeah. And I think Lawrenceburg, I think, probably is in the district as well. Right. Um, so, yeah, lots and lots. You, you talked about Lincoln Day dinners earlier. Uh, that's right, 19 right. counties worth of rubber chicken that you're eating yeah. and speeches you're giving and folks you're seeing around. So, Jeremiah, do uh, do we have anybody that's running in the 6th District? I just need to know how biased I need to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, in, uh, we, I don't think the Libertarian Party of Indiana has a candidate announced yet. Uh, Rich Turvey, uh, also from Delaware County, mm-hmm. was our candidate in uh, in 2014. Uh, 2014 or 2016, rather. Um, it was interesting. He and uh, he and Barry Welsh were chasing around Luke Messer and could never get him yeah, nailed yeah. down to uh, to talk to him uh, to do a debate. When Rex Bell ran against Luke the first time he re- he was uh, he was elected, there was a big debate up at Ball State, and uh, uh, Brad Bookout, the Democrat candidate, yep. and Rex and and uh, Luke all had a had a nice debate. Right, but, right. Uh, I look, love looking forward to you uh, you being in the debates with uh, with whomever the Democrat is and the Libertarian candidate at some point for sure. The, uh, yeah. So who who else is running in the the Republican primaries? Right. So interesting. Um, just to give your listeners a little bit, the the district is it's a fairly gerrymandered district. Um, it sits about seventy thirty Republican Democrat. So it's a fairly safe Republican seat. Um, the Democrats usually don't end up putting a real viable candidate up just because of that very reason. I mean, uh, there'll be some folks out there fighting on the on the Democrat side as well. Um, but the Republican side in the the next <clears throat> six district congressman is pretty much determined by the Republican primary outcome. So right now there's three of us in it. Um, rumors of lots of other folks that are perhaps expected to be in it may or may not be in it, depending on what other people do. But I'm all in it, and we're in it to win it. So well, good deal, awesome. Yeah. So it's uh, if I remember right, uh, Mike Kreider is a state senator. He's announced a couple of weeks ago, and then there's a fellow that I'm not familiar with, Stephen McKenzie, who I think has got some, a military background of sorts, but I don't know. I don't know him. Haven't met him. Yeah, he's a reservist. Uh, uh, he's actually from Fishers, Indiana, which yeah. is not in the district. So the interesting part about our state law in Indiana is you can run for any seat you, you want as long as you live in the state. As long as you live in the state on election day. Really, I didn't know that. Yep. yep. On election day, I believe that. Yeah, I think that is the case. Of course, in Indiana, residency is a state of mind unless you're Charlie White <laughs> and you go to jail. <laughs> our, our listeners from Kansas know that well. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, so he yeah. so he has entered the race. Uh, he ran last time in the fifth district. Um, 
and and got defeated in the fifth district, and so he's moved over to try to run in the sixth district. Uh, I don't know if he's declared residency in the in the district or not, but he's over our way, and uh, I think he's calling home base Fortville, which is also in Hancock County, the same place as Senator Kreider. There you go. Uh, and then uh, for local interest, I, I know that uh, our city council president uh, has declared an interest or has been has an exploratory campaign. Nate Lamar, and then uh, there's an 800-pound gorilla down in Columbus that everybody's rumoring about as well. That's, right. uh, that's well, been I'd... raising money for the uh, for the Senate seat. Yeah, uh, but that's uh, well, time, you... time will tell on that one, I guess. Yeah, you're a little off. That's about 900 pounds <laughs> gorilla there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 Which makes it interesting, and it, it certainly we can chat about that later. But it certainly adds a whole new dynamic and a whole new thing is. Hopefully some of us around this table will, will talk and agree about is we don't live in a dictatorship in an anointed country, nor should we. And, or an you oligarchy. Know. Yeah, that's right. So, so I don't I don't know the vice president's brother from Adam. I, I know I, when Mike was our, our congressman, sure. I knew him a little bit. Apparently he is about uh, 800 to 900 <laughs> <laughs> he Very, is, very hairy. He is a gorilla. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, honestly, I... I would encourage you not to shy away, you know, as you get into that race. And if that's what happens, you're looking at a, you know, obviously you have, you have the concerns of the family tie that, you know, sure. may, may be positive, may be negative. It's hard to determine at this point, but also very little political experience on his own and a situation where you have, you know, I, I think there was a family business there and there's, there's definitely some, some holes to be poked in the, in the record right, of that yeah, as well. Yeah. So, um, Everybody has to interview for the job, and just because you have right. a, birth, a birth name that happens to have five letters that match somebody that has a, a residence <laughs> in Washington right now doesn't mean that and you, a striking you, resemblance <laughs> doesn't mean doesn't mean that you're on your way, right? That's right. So, so uh, well, you just got to realize that the lamb is the fiercest of all barnyard animals. So you know, come on now. It is. I I also heard at the Indian restaurant with James Knees that it's the grossest of all. That <laughs> 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 is true. <laughs> you want to you want to make sure that he, you uh, he talked you about keep your his, Katie uh, Talked about his, his time living on a farm, castrating sheep. He said he he probably castrated more animals than uh, any vet in the local area. <laughs> so that's such a random fact. I know yeah, it's he, just a nice he dinner. Yeah, nice dinner conversation there at the Thai restaurant. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, <laughs> that and like the thing is we're sitting like right next to the buffet and he's just talking about <laughs> he's like yeah you just snap the rubber band on there it goes like through three weeks and they just die and fall off and you'll find them in the yard and i'm like oh my gosh and he's talking really loud so i have people are trying to eat i've got that agriculture <laughs> background too growing up with animals growing with 4-h stuff and i i very rarely bring that up around the dinner table yeah but, or on uh, a podcast yeah you, know, <laughs> you never know where it's gonna go that's the. Uh, that's, that's just. The I, deal. I didn't eat any more chicken. <laughs> you were over it. Well, well I, had, had, I had seconds on the lamb. They used to have <laughs> in another era in uh, in Indiana politics. I read uh, Rex Early, and the Republicans used to have a lamb fry every year, where they would you would go and have the. You know, yeah. if you Maybe had a guy that could get eight or nine hundred of them, you were that was a political fundraiser. There Maybe if go. we get our uh, the projected number, you and I go bag our limit on squirrels this year. <laughs> And we'll fry up the chicken legs and have a libertarian squirrel fry. Oh God, Does that sound good. And then and none our, of it and sounds our, good. But our fundraiser it. will be trying to allow squirrel hunting in Memorial Park and Baker Park. Both. Breaking news: I'm no longer on the Memorial Park board, so I have, <laughs> I have much less influence over there than I did a week ago. Uh, I'm more concerned about Baker Park. 
Yeah, that's I mean, true. you know, just put concrete walls all around it so that the like the bullets don't escape and hit kids, and you know, just let us go wild in there like once a year. Are, we're gonna. Take I mean, that obviously, up. okay, we got we can get the wall and we can make uh, Delaware County pay for it. <laughs> You're already beginning your platform. Is that how things work? You're already beginning your platform. I right can build. Now. I I can build things and ask other people to pay for it. You have right. to. You, you have see, to Delaware pick an County enemy. can pay for anything because it's just all corrupt money anyway. So it doesn't matter. Oh, you okay, know? Okay. It's not their money. Has, well, the, has Jeremiah, the FBI raided this week? Not this week, but sure. it's uh, hopefully coming very soon. I I can't dog on President Trump too much. We are outnumbered tonight, Jeremiah. Are we? Yeah, it's, it's three to three. Three to two. Well, well I wasn't including Andre. What? <laughs> what? What? Oh man! They have, hey, hey. They get to vote now, man. <laughs> oh, crap. You're right. Check your updated constitution. <laughs> I just figured it was assumed that uh, that uh, Mr. Lamb, Jonathan Lamb, had brought somebody in with him. But nobody knew that Audrey was in here. That's true. That's true. We usually don't have a live studio audience, but since we've been in the new studio... We've had we full, have. full occupancy each yeah, time. we have. Once go. it hit the courier... Yep, that's it was a big right. moment. Game on. Yeah, over in the right. over on the wall over there, you see the uh, I see that. the, the big cover page uh, a few yeah. weeks ago in the uh, the local uh, the local brisket gazette. Exactly. Uh, it's a good time to reset. This is uh, Jeremiah Morrill with Dakota Davis, Clay Morgan, and our featured guest today is Jonathan Lamb. Uh, we are on the We Are Libertarians Network. Uh, of course, we're also heard uh, Saturdays and Sundays on Indiana Talks noon uh, noon each day. So. You can listen to us on the, on Indiana's the internet. The number internet one talk. progressive internet that's, radio. That's show. right. We are featured on progressive radio and we appreciate it. Any outlet we have. Um, that's the way things work for us, Jonathan, as we typically as libertarians, you know, yeah. half the time we agree with the, with the Democrats on, on social issues where right. we just, you know, say, let us do what we want. We just won't hurt anybody. And on the other side, on the fiscal issues, most of the time the libertarians are coming down with the, uh, with the Republicans. Although typically we actually mean it, so after yeah. after election day, we still are for the lower taxes and uh, the the you know, the reduction in regulation. So, so I mean, we actually have a, a member of our finance committee that's a devout libertarian. So uh, is it really? uh, Cecil Bohannon? That, that'd be the one. So yeah, big so, shout out to Doctor Bohannon. So he was uh, he was the person that put you on my radar yeah, uh, yeah. back. Uh, I'm talking my now. Hands you sometimes my problem, <laughs> and sometimes I throw the mic. <laughs> Lock me down. Uh, <laughs> Cecil had uh, men- mentioned you to a number of the prominent libertarians saying, hey, this is yep. the guy I'm going to be uh, be supporting this year, uh, which is very exciting. But he's obviously very well respected in uh, in our circles. And, and uh, Cecil is a, a professor at he's Ball a, State, correct? Yeah, yeah he's, he's an economics professor. That's yep. right. And there's another very prominent a, libertarian Ball State. teaching uh, in the, uh, the new Coke Center? Yeah, so uh, he he's pretty active in that and knows a lot of things. I have some lectures and some great folks that, that get to come into campus. Yeah, there is a huge student movement against that. There sure is. Yeah, and it's I have see being my age, I'm 21. So being my age, uh, I have I have friends that are everywhere that have gone to college. Most of my friends went to some sort of college. I went to a trade school at, at Ivy Tech instead, and. It has been amazing the transformations. So I'm I'm seeing all this stuff coming through from people who grew up in my little farm school right. that we were driving uh, tractors that tractors and trucks that rolled coal going down the highway and it's uh, and now we're full on Bernie Bros talking, <laughs> about, talking about our free health care and municipal electricity and everything. You trade your one ton lifted uh, lifted forward for a uh, a. a a civic, Prius? Yeah, a civic yeah, or a Prius. Prius. Yeah, so 
I'm, it's always got to be a civic. You got a civic assembly plant in your district, okay, man. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, that's why he's not got a dog on him. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's true. You see my big old truck that's out the true. window that gets about get nine to- miles a gallon all around the, the district. Uh, the Toyota Toyota people are down there in Larry Bouchon's district, so we'll make fun see, of that. You right. need to do what? Uh, who was that? Was that Messer that has the has the big truck? That's uh so if you're running for a statewide office in Indiana the the thing in the last since Mitch Daniels is you get a big you get an RV1 or you get the uh, right. Mike Pence had the big red the the red Chevy pickup truck and now uh Clay's guy uh Congressman Messer is driving around in a in a he didn't spend the money on the paint job I thought he would but he's got he's got a very basic white Chevy truck yeah. probably made in Fort Wayne with the uh Messer for Congress or Messer for uh, Senate and uh, sticker on I there. like Luke I like Luke I like, yeah, yeah. And uh, James Neese saw it on the road the other day. <laughs> yeah, it's got and that. He and he said Rikita's it's got, got the Hummer. He said it's got uh, new tags on it. It's got new plates. Uh oh, temporary plates. Hmm. Tell me, you're not. So uh, he bought it just for the campaign. That's, may have. You're not nearly as difficult as like uh, Congressman Rapita like on your staff walking around. <laughs> I, are you now? Josh has the football <laughs> right now with him. Carried it all times. It's got the codes in it and everything. When he picks so you up good. at your house, does he have to keep the car running a certain yeah, distance yeah, away yeah, so you don't, yeah. yeah, don't gas anybody out? Or and I've already been told by uh, Greg Pence, who's Mike Pence's brother, and you know, asking questions about my driver, and I kind of looked at him. I, I don't have a driver. Where, where do I get this driver at? And I haven't taught Josh how to drive a stick yet, so that's why I was driving around in the truck. I got an old 68 Chevelle convertible that we usually ride in, but he can't drive a stick. He can't drive in a parade or nothing. So, Man. Oh, man. So I have to sit in my own parade and wave at people because I can't get anyone else to drive it for me. Wow. Man, Josh. I walked <laughs> my <laughs> – it brings back a memory for me. So last year, Rex's, uh, Rex's campaign for governor, we did the uh, – as a libertarian, you're expected to walk in the pride parade okay. in okay. Yeah. Indianapolis. And I walked the route about three times before the parade even started because we had a parade car, and we wa- we parked at the exit, the finish of the parade. Rex and I walked yeah. all the way up to the north end of Massachusetts Avenue yeah. from from Military Park all the way to the north end of the city. About ninety five degrees, it was just a terrible day, and realized that we didn't remember the signs. Remember <laughs> this: you've got to have the signs for the side of your car. So we were in a, a, a convertible. Yeah. We didn't have the parade sign. So me being the one campaign staffer had to walk all the way back down the parade route, pick those up, and then hoof it back up the parade route again, finally get there, nearly dying. And the parade has already started, so I walked the length of the parade parade. Like I saw I saw everything like three, <laughs> and, and more like three times. And then we got to the got to just at the moment I arrived, it was time to walk the route again. And I by the time we finished that, I'd walked the the entire route four times. And was ready to die. It was oh it was gosh. a terrifying experience. That, so I can. So I, it works well with that Indian diet you're on right it now. It does now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, that was a day. So yeah, lots of parades. You got a lot of fun. Uh, fun time. If you enjoy yeah, this my, stuff, and the my kids love the parades. So that's the one thing that they do enjoy. So how long have you been a candidate? Is this you're, you're just you're, this is early in the cycle, I would imagine, right? Yeah. So we just threw our hat in. Um, kind of we were all in wait and see mode uh, as Messer and Rakita kind of battled each other out. It was you know rumors, rumors. Who's going to jump in when? And you know we thought that the, the the rumor deadline would pass and go, and then another rumor would come in. And so officially, uh, Luke jumped in at the end of July, and then uh, Rakita jumped in right after that. Um, we threw in our hat on August first. Okay. Yeah. So it's August. You've got August first, and then the primary will be in early May. So you've got basically a about two hundred and twenty-one ish days. You know, Eric Holcomb became governor in like ninety-nine days <laughs> last go. summer. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be a marathon. 
Indiana, where dreams come true. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Luke ran for three offices in like in like uh, I don't know four months, and finally won one at the end. So that's the way it goes. I get told all the time by uh, Greg Pence that it took three times for his brother to win, and I, always, yeah. I, I turn and ask him how many times it's going to take him to win. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I haven't got the response back yet. <laughs> he just gave you a cockeyed smile. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope you win, just for the the reason that I had a uh, I had a U.S. congressman in my guest bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, well, that way you can say, "Hey, I know that guy." Yep, that's, that's right. right. So that's my so, official endorsement. Oh really? Yeah. Well, we got Whoa. a first endorsement. Holy All right, right out of the gate. You got an endorsement you from, a, from a first. county libertarian chairman. <laughs> Holy <laughs> cow! You're gonna hold. We're gonna you're gonna have to take you out back and whip you for a while for <laughs> for stepping out on the party. Well, you know, you know, if you know. vote in the primary form, it goes on your permanent record. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That follows you for life. I, does, let, right? I let Clay put a sign in my yard, but I, I didn't did. go vote for him. But you I did. did. I did let my yard, uh, yard, yard help him out a little. Well, I appreciate that. You didn't, I appreciate you that. You didn't vote for our boy Clay. No, I'm. He, I don't. I, he probably just if you, voted for one. If you vote, uh, if you vote, no, I voted for Clay in November, but I didn't oh, vote for him not in May. The primary, gotcha. because it's a gotcha. felony. Gotcha. If you, if you're a libertarian and you don't intend, if you go to the primary, this is the way Indiana law is screwed up, Jonathan. Yeah. So you libertarians can't vote in the primary. We have a we have a convention. Yeah. So I vote at the convention yeah. right. twice. Right. At no okay. taxpayer cost, unlike the shenanigans. Did that, you say that, you vote twice? Yeah, I get to vote at my local local uh, okay, okay. county convention. convention, and then if you're a delegate I to the that was state a, convention. You said you voted twice. I just thought maybe you were yeah. a Delaware County. <laughs> there, vote there you go. Vote early, <laughs> vote often. So, but the uh, yeah. So the way the way that it's set up in Indiana, you have a what's supposed to be a closed primary. Uh, we don't have party registration, but you do go and. The, the state law says Declare. that I plan on voting on the majority of the people in this party if you take a Republican ballot or a Democrat ballot. So then theoretically, if you don't do that in the fall, you probably are looking at filling up that Henry County Jail that you're trying to, trying <laughs> to, try to <laughs> right. deal right. with. Yep. So, yeah. Well, I think the the whole two-party system has has changed and will be evolving. And, you know, this election cycle and, you know, myself gaining traction of being an outside political you know, a political person, you know, we're seeing more and more business folks like myself joining in the race. I think you know, Donald Trump, say what you want about him. He has, he has changed the world of politics. And we look at some of these races coming up. Um, so you have myself here in the sixth district and then the fourth where, uh, Rakita was, we have, um, what's rumored and pretty much to be certain, um, a Braun is in there. There's a, there's one running for Senate and there's right. one so running have, for house. Correct? correct. Correct. So, and then that's the next thing I was going to bring up is you have, then have Mike Braun running for Senate, which he could be a real big disruptor in the whole Senate race between Luke and Rakita. And Senate race is going to be interesting. And it Mike is. is a great guy. Um, his business story is just completely amazing. And really, I think he stands, uh, uh the best chance against Donnelly because he doesn't have the record that, that, that Luke and, uh, Rakita have, because he just he hasn't been there at that national level that the Democrats can't really beat up on his record. So he could be that interesting disruptor yeah. to that Senate race. Yeah, so speaking about those, who who is your favorite member of Congress right now? Well, the whole reason I'm in there is because I'm sick of Congress. I can honestly say I don't have a favorite member of Congress. And people say, who do you most emulate? And I say, you know, I most emulate Jonathan Lamb. You know, I'm not trying to be like Speaker of the House or this guy or that guy. You know, I'm just trying to be myself. And I'm sick of all of them, so I lay awake at night sometimes thinking, all right, so you're sick of them, so if you can't beat them, join them. What was I thinking? It's a little bit crazy. But that's reality is, oh. you know. 
Well, this, this as, as long as you don't tell me that your favorite senator is an independent from Vermont. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when you say you're sick of Congress, because, you know, I hear working at the barbershop and been in politics for a few years myself, yeah. you know, you hear people say comments like, they're all crooks. I'm sick of all of them. They're all this and they're all that. Right. That, um, that happens like every time. It, it happens there. all the time. Right. Um you know, and even in this last presidential race, you know, when I looked at the candidates, I looked at their records. I didn't look at the media. I didn't look right. at what the commercials said because you're going to get lost if that's all you look at. So I look at their record, look at what they vote for, look how they vote very specifically on different issues. So you say you're sick of Congress. Um, and and, and I, I'm going to throw this in here and, and just see what you think about it, see what your thoughts are on it. But when I look at Congress right now, I'm very disappointed, okay? I'm very yeah. disappointed. A lot of my disappointments with the Senate because the Senate seems to be where things are getting screwed up. We have a lot of people in the House that have voted, um, in my preference anyway, more conservative on some of these issues. Yeah. There are a few votes that I probably wouldn't have done it that way, but I'm not there. Right. And, and I realize it's a <laughs> it's a wicked web yeah. there. Right. And there's things that go on behind the scenes and, you know, a lot of pressure that I think a lot of people don't get. OK, so when you say you're sick of Congress, um, what specifically are you sick of? What specifically um, would you bring to the table? Um, you know, one one issue is the debt issue. And I know uh, you and I had a. Yeah little bit on Twitter about, you know, I was kind of trying to pull from you a little bit more information. Um, and we feel the same way. Right. It, it's it's beyond control, and we keep going further into debt. I personally like what Rand Paul recently said about uh, increasing the debt ceiling. He didn't want to do it, and he thought that we should pull funds uh, that are already budgeted for foreign aid to supply aid to our own yeah. people, right? That whole conversation. Seventeen. 17 out of 100 senators, okay, voted against raising the debt ceiling, uh, according to the information I got. Right. So, again, when I think Which of Congress, had, uh, I think both. of everything. So, what, what, yeah, go ahead with your, I'm sick of Congress, but what specifically can you do? Uh, what specifically would you look forward to doing? Um, you know, I want to send somebody there with um, the ability to lead. Right, right. And make some noise. Not to be an idiot, not to be a jerk, <laughs> right? Not to be a doofus, but somebody that can lead. Right. Let's go. So we did at least see uh, both Messer and Rakita voted against um, the debt ceiling. We saw that. Um, so that's a, a positive first step. But I think that, like Rand Paul was saying, I think reality is we can't just run a, right off the fiscal cliff either. And that's a, that's a whole other set of issues. So I think it's that, that common sense that we have to have, and we have to have a compromise. I think when we look at our race here in the 6th District and we start talking about this 900-pound gorilla, um, look, I, I, there's things. The number one question I get all the time as a Republican candidate is where you stand with Donald Trump. And I think that this is indicative of the, the new way of the Republican Party and the new yeah. way of politics. Yep, yep. So we have – if you look at what we have here in the 6th District um, – Greg Pence is a great guy, but reality is his loyalty is going to lie where his loyalty lies, and he's going to be expected to vote where his brother Mike Pence wants him to vote. 
I think what I bring to the table is I be able have the ability to vote where we votes need it, where Hoosiers need votes, and where we need common sense votes. So I think where I lie is as a disruptor. You know, I have the ability. I have an economics background. I have a business background, where I can vote the way that Hoosiers want us to vote and the way that makes sense. And people are not always going to agree with the way I vote, and I can say that. Oh, you yeah. know, unfortunately or fortunately, however you look at it, as an outsider, you know, when when smart people that that are actually involved and engaged in the political process that realize that it's not just tv commercials that you should be deciding who you vote off of right you know they don't have that voting record to look at for me so it's going to be different so that's you know why we're talking about this and having these discussions Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know look at my business background and my record you can see some of the stuff and you know other national podcasts i've done uh the book i've written on economics and you can kind of see a little bit about where i stand on free market you know economy and, you know, we can get into a little free market stuff. And I'm sure that you guys as libertarians understand the importance of free market. And I think that that's a lost a little bit on the Republican Party right now is really trying to understand trade and economics and, and where real free markets lie. So, so I'm going to be that guy that, you know, I'm not going to be a jerk about it, but you're going to have to, to, to haul me out kicking and screaming because I just refuse to give up on issues. Right. You know? And that the book you mentioned, um, would you say that that is a good description of your um, – feelings and view yeah, on yeah. economics and yeah. if so what is that book yeah I'll, I'll bring you guys back some copies so it's going to have a nationwide release this spring um i'll have copies here in hand in a couple weeks and then i think it'll be downloaded digital right after christmas two book- published authors at this table and yeah. neither one of us is <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. i think i've written more books than i've read lately um but the book's called economics is like sex it's a great cover i think uh that is. It, that's fits, like a, it fits with your Marilyn Monroe. I'll show you guys a picture of the cover. It fits with your Marilyn Monroe right there. So it's a, it's a picture of Marilyn Monroe and the iconic picture of her in a dress with uh, Benjamin Franklin's head on her. There you go. And, oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. So, but the basics of it is, look, economics is this taboo topic that we never talk about. It's because no one understands it. It's people in Congress don't understand it. The yeah. American people don't understand it, and so we don't talk about it. Money is just – money is the most taboo topic in American society. And I start out my book by saying that is if you had to give a speech in front of a crowd, would you rather get up in front of the crowd and talk about your sex life or how much money you make? Yep. So no, think are you about asking that. me? Because no, just think about that for a while. Yeah. Works, yeah. <laughs> Clay works in an all-cash business. That's, that's, that's interesting, yeah. <laughs> so, um, But these are the taboo topics. These are the topics that folks don't understand. Um, you know, as we, as we talk about the – the folks, and you look at these resumes like we talked about earlier of the who's who's in, in Congress and the House and the Senate. I mean, these guys are they're smart guys, right? They have degrees mm-hmm. from Ivy sure. League universities, but they're all attorneys and sure. they have yeah. this and that background. I don't think either one of any of them have a lick of common sense when it comes to basic economics. What really is just simple supply don't, and demand. Don't diss on my Uncle Rand like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it, one of the reasons that the national debt has gone to $20 trillion is that since 2001, we've been in a state of war. Yeah. Uh, and as a libertarian audience, that's something that's going to strike home for a lot of us. Uh, where where do you stand on the on foreign policy? As, you know, the U.S. dropped bombs within the confines of seven countries in 2016. Right. Uh, well, what, you know, I, I, I think a lot of us are hoping that whoever our next congressperson is – they assert the power of the Congress to declare war and to actually, you know, the, right. obviously the president enacts it, but the Congress right. has that power. So, 
to fill us in on how you view that you know, if you're if you're sitting in that seat what what you expect to be able to do with it well that's interesting and you say that we haven't been in a declared war since yeah, world I, war ii right uh, it was officially yeah, no declared. world war ii you're, so you're correct war II. so we've been in a lot of conflicts that we've we been have in, this in strife weird since 2001 shadow yeah. of what's going really on in our military it's an interesting story was that vietnam was a declared war no 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 it wasn't no it nope. was a conflict so I thought the Gulf of Tonkin got Congress to declare. Nope. They're all just acts of force, like say, uh, yeah. uh, authorizations of force, basically. Correct. correct. Oh, okay. And I so I think that. that one thing that I'd like to throw out to you guys is North Korea. You know, you start talking about a mess and what do we do and, you know, look at the driver's seat on that. And, you know, we got a lot of people's lives at stake in the Korean Peninsula. So, you know, I think there's a lot of folks coming out speaking for and against Donald Trump on that. And, you know, you know, as a pure libertarian view on North Korea, you know, that's a – that right it's there a, is a – It's such is, a difficult topic. Like – That's the thousand-pound gorilla. That's – we've moved on from a nine-pound yeah, to a thousand-pound gorilla. There, there's it's no a hard topic because it's easy. Easy there, answer. There is not yeah. an easy answer for well, North it's, Korea. It's I, easy for me. You can't sanction your way out of it, but you can't – Uh-oh. Yeah. It's easy for Dakota. It's, well, Uh-oh. No, Here we go. I'm saying it's it's easy for me and it's easy for any other libertarian party member and me as a – as a county chair, to sit back here and say, um, I, I don't agree with wars unless we've been, you know, unless it's retaliation. You know, that, so that's that the is question. the that If is they hit the, the button, what do we do next? We right. are in a Cold War. Yeah. But do we— That's reality right there. Do we need—like, do we wait until they have nuclear warheads that are that are the size of ours and then all of a sudden New York City gets hit by one? What— What's right. the, what See, do we do? So that, that's the barbershop conversation yeah. that everybody agrees on. I need to sit is, in the barbershop no, and get my uh, stair steps. And, yeah. You, you need know, to come by. You yeah, yeah. see a handful of people. <laughs> but um, there's just no easy answer. There's just not. I mean, no. There's not. And that's you, what you, to you answer your question is I, I don't know the answer because if yeah. you look at where we're going with, with yeah. conflicts, you know, we all have that the hindsight in the mirror to know that we didn't find any weapons of mass destruction. You know, are we in a nation building business? No. You know, it seems like our foreign policy, we have this, you know, this dependency that you hand out foreign aid. I can't remember. There's a movie that's on Netflix that's, what is it, basically the, the dependency on, on foreign aid. I wrote it down, actually. Welfare dependence or welfare, you know, whatever it is. And, hmm. you know, that's the problem. I've not heard of it. Yeah. Well, you just get to a point where, you know, it, we, you've, I, I, it's, I'm sensing that the, Economics is what's driving a lot of a lot of your race and or your inspiration to run, yeah, because of the the direction that it's taken the country. Um, and somebody that I didn't it was a libertarian candidate for president. I think uh, six years ago now at this point, uh, but when Gary Johnson was our candidate the first time, a guy named Lee Wrights who's since passed on, um, he said end all wars, and it was and I thought he was crazy at the time because I came from. A quick side story. When I started in politics or getting involved in politics, because my dad was a UAW employee at General Motors on Eighth Street in okay. in Newcat and in Anderson. No, God, <laughs> Muncie at New Venture Gear. Uh, and David McIntosh was a sitting congressman, and my yeah. dad was walking out of the turnstiles. And David you know, had a little conversation with him. And the next thing he knew, he had me on the bus with him riding around the district two days before the election. And I met David and, and Ruthie and the family, and, and kind of started from there and got involved and. Was a Republican until uh, and look at you now. And there you it, go. I was a Republican. Ball of liberty. <laughs> I, I was a Republican until uh, the uh, the senator from Virginia came back and uh, gracefully, when Evan Bayh wasn't running, came back and, and swept out Marlon Stutzman from his uh, his race for Senate. And I said, "The hell with this. I'm done. You guys are 
it's it's rigged, and I'm not playing this game anymore. So I, I left and became a libertarian, uh, and rose to the ranks of uh, boss hog liberty. Here we are <laughs> in, a, in a spare bedroom north of Q Avenue. And I'm glad. Yeah, I am too. Now I'm here. There, there you go. You go. Uh, so anyway, the uh, this guy named Lee writes as I get back to this. He's a fellow from Texas, and he said, "End all wars." It was. In the drug war, which we spend, you know, uh, just an unco- unconscious amount of money trying to fight a war on both sides of a border in Mexico, and you know, just right. prohibition. It's the same story we had with alcohol as the, the libertarian view. Prohibition doesn't work, and it just creates violence, and that's what so many of the issues that we face at home are. And then we're bombing seven countries, and we're dealing with you know just never-ending expenditures where at some point it's just as a fiscal reality yeah. more than you know yeah. the emotional we need to have you know do we need to have troops in south korea or japan or you know germany or all you know it, and whatever's going on in the middle 170 west 170 bases across the globe is what the us military has yeah and not to sound like a complete dove my dad was a marine and he was in, in a unit that was set up to be anywhere in the world in 72 hours to kick ass but at the same time this imperialism of just being there constantly it just that's i guess that's where i'm looking yeah. to hear or hear some of your thoughts on that yeah you know we are in a conquering nation but you know there is reality that we need safe secure borders but we need open and free borders as well i think your your drug argument is is one that certainly touches uh, a hot button here in the district and you know there's People sitting – all of us sitting at this table, you know, you open up a newspaper and you see obituaries with people our age and younger that are dying. And you're like, I don't think that that was of natural causes. Yep. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, and that's, I mean, that's – that's you talked about something being hush-hush and secret. That's another issue where yeah, it's that, a, there's a shame about it and it, yet we know what happens in the community yeah, where heroin is absolutely tragic. Yep. It is. And and then, we got to be talking you, about it. You and, typically talk to Republican people, more conservative-leaning people. I'm not, I'm not going to say conservative. More right-wing people. And they'll tell you, well, it's just because the police aren't doing enough. Yeah, really? that's not true. That's not that's not the case. We got the some pol- guys here that are. I talk to uh, one of our offers almost daily, actually, because yeah. we work out in the same place, and they're busting their rear end. Oh yeah. yeah. So, and I know you guys agree with that, but I just wanted to. Yeah, I mean, to give a shout out there, right? So, from you know, from a libertarian view, you know, I understand the libertarian is you know we can legalize everything and control it through that. Is that the answer? You know, I don't know. Uh, is harsher jail sentences the answer? No. Right. Uh, that that That's not working. And I think you guys were talking about your jail in Henry County. Delaware mm-hmm. County is having a debate with the jail. Yeah. And almost all 19 counties that we go to here in the district are all overcrowded. And Rush County is building about a $30 jail. million dollar jail right now. It's insane. Yeah. We can't. 30. You know, we I can't. That's the number. I mean, my gosh. If we'd spend with, that much money on yeah. preventing yeah. the problem rather right. than, you know, that's. Right. And they're not. Like, that's what politicians. And this one you said. What am I frustrated about Congress? That's just it. It's just we have this myopic view of we look at one side of it and realize that the answer really lies on the other side. It's completely lost on them. It's like just – and I think that that's indicative of politics is it seems like politicians, to get elected, we have to make a promise of a quick fix. And yep. you realize it's taken us tens of hundreds of years to get to these problems to the root that they are right now. We're not going to yep. fix them in one two-year congressional that, cycle. That was a that was and a common reality. saying uh, in the 2016 election whenever uh, whenever you're talking to a libertarian, one of the common sayings that got out for libertarianism and the uh, the defense of it is uh, people run to the Republican party and they and the Republicans say, 
well, we're going to give we're going to give drug addicts harder jail time, and we're going to blame all all of your career problems on the Mexicans coming across the border. Right. And you run to the Democrats, and they say we're going to blame all your problems and tax the rich people more, and we're going to give you free everything that you want. But you come to the libertarians, and we say, well, it's probably your fault. You did something <laughs> wrong, and it's going to take a while to get yourself out right. of this hole. It's a societal issue. Yeah. It's a societal issue, and we're not going to solve that. Yeah. Right now, and we're probably not going to solve that in a generation. And it's it's been a long time coming. Now, to your point, while we're on I, that topic, though, not to um, yeah. well, I say not to interrupt you, but I'm interrupting. <laughs> you. No, go ahead. Uh, look into uh, not asking for your comments right now, but look into uh, Senator Rand Paul and Senator Cory Booker. Mm-hmm. Some of the work they have done yeah. on Cory Booker's a good one on criminal justice reform at the federal level. Um, both of them have. Um, have some good points, good views on criminal justice reform. Don't yeah. leave out, so. don't leave out my man Massey. <laughs> Getting sassy go. with Massey over yeah. in. Uh, so, so but I think we do need to have war on drugs, and it may not be a, the war you're talking about, but it's a war on how we have gotten to here, and we have to work backwards on it. And a lot of this is it's just pure economics. It's economics yep. of the reason people do drugs. Um, if you look at the stats of the folks that are doing and abusing. Back to simply the cost of them. They're cheap, and they're got. Yeah, they've that, gotten that, pretty that's cheap. That, that's that's the issue because we went here in in our district and then where we're at in East Central Indiana, and, and you going through Southern Indiana had the epics of epics outbreaks of you know meth. When you look at that, meth was cheap, and then mm-hmm. what happened? There we are. declared war on meth. We literally we went to war on meth, and we pretty much stopped it. But guess what? Now we had a substitution cheap. effect, and now heroin's cheap. Yep. Yeah, and that's yep. expensive. Yeah, there, so I mean, there, you look at Laurel, Indiana, and Connorsville, and North Vernon. There are some mm-hmm. communities that are absolutely yeah. just just <laughs> they're in a struggle. And I talked to it, folks. It's real. Yeah, and it, it's an economic issue because the reality is we have a governor who's out there working very hard for the people of Indiana to bring in uh, Amazon's new headquarters. Yep, fifty thousand jobs. Well, wouldn't that yeah. be great to Indiana? Well, would it really? Yeah. Where are we going to get 50,000 able-bodied workers? That can you know, pass I, a drug test. I talked to you know factories. I, yeah. I t- was meeting with some folks uh, down south at the Honda plant, and they said you know something like they had 159 openings, and they had, what, 10 of them, Josh? 10 of them that would pass a drug test? And yep. then that uh, was, yesterday that was I was in Batesville. That was a huge problem here. Very real uh, issue. In that was a huge they had problem a problem. here with Boar's Head. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. – was, a brand new factory is opening up and offering good jobs, like good jobs for people. And, you know, the, going back to, I mean, the quality of jobs of like the old Chrysler days. Right. It's at that same tier uh, compared comparatively. And uh, they they couldn't get people that could pass a drug test. And, and sure it was what? like as soon as they, they said that as soon as they would ask the question, can you can you take a drug test? They were out. They haven't studied for that test yet. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it's the folks I was meeting with yesterday. They had 10 jobs, and they hired 10 people for this to mm-hmm. fill these 10 openings. And on the first day, they had three people show up. Well, yeah. Before you know? we, we switch to another subject, um, I just my, my two cents is if we're going to fund uh, this war on drugs, if we're going to fund uh, the criminal justice system the way that we do and the amounts of money that we spend on it, I'd like to see uh, that funding split up a little differently, and instead of going to the middle of the problem, help help some locals, help right. some locals uh, fund prevention 
and uh, programs of uh, when when offenders reenter society. Right. Yeah. So and I think here here's the issue that that doesn't get talked about in Congress, both the House and the Senate, and at the top. It's because people don't understand basic economics and basic business. So you hit the nail on the head. So we have to look at how the government spends its investments. You know, as a business person, I don't mind investing in something if I know I'm going to get an ROI, you know, a return on my investment. So if we declare war on drugs and it costs X number of billions, we better get a return back that's greater to society than those X number of billions we put in because we have productivity loss in drugs. We have the cost of drugs. So we need to make sure that 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 is an economic war that we fight and that we can win because, you know, as I talk to folks that are involved in rehab, there's a – I can't think of a the, the the drug that they give to folks the, to addicts that basically the Narcan the Narcan yeah. and what is it dose it's like fifteen hundred bucks or something like that yeah. well you yeah. look at it and the average heroin addict you talk, is spending are you, are you talking about Suboxone no it's it's or no, the Narcan it's Narcan it's okay. basically it's a, blocks that brain receptor to get addicts to not want to do drugs oh no that's no, Suboxone that's, that's Suboxone Nar- okay, Narcan okay. is what you have in case of an overdose Suboxone yeah. Yeah, yeah, is what okay. you have yeah. Narcan that's, is what you have to block it so yeah. that's that's the block we're creating Suboxone addicts right, right. but <laughs> yeah. you know but it, are so you it's, really it's fifteen hundred bucks right but these these drug addicts have time Dakota have a habit it's sixty to a hundred dollars a day and so yeah is it a good ROI to give these people and get them off of that. And they're like, oh, well, we can't afford this 1500 bucks. Well, can you afford a $3,000 a month habit for this person? Yeah. So these are the ROIs that we need to start talking about on the war on drugs and how you hopefully well, get to well, the heart of the problem. And, and if you, you take-business-type uh, uh, review <laughs> schedules, you'll, you'll, you'll look at the war on drugs more often than when we declared it during the Nixon administration, and here we are six presidents later, and we're still practicing. Yeah. yeah. Still doing the same thing. And it's even, it's even worse than what it was when we declared it. <laughs> I don't know, but we we probably all grew up here around Reagan time, except for our twenty one year old over he was, here. He was born during. Uh, so you got to miss out the frying the egg years. Yeah, I was the frying born egg during the Clinton years, but I was yeah, you raised did, during the Bush administration. You probably didn't see this is your brain on drugs, did you? Uh, well, I've, that I've was seen, classic. 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 I've seen it, but I've. Most hey, I live for it. I'm not a heroin addict. What, what year were you born? Eighty one. Eighty one. So all right, I'm eighty three. So yeah, you're technically a millennial. Yeah, yeah, right there, at the, right there at the beginning. So I graduated high school in 2000. So by definition, kind of the millennial bo- yep. boundaries is really if you graduated high school after the year 2000. So yep. in the new millennium. So I hooked it right so, there. There you go. Okay, talking about the war on drugs, we have a we have an issue here in Indiana with our with our CBD oil. Right. Yeah. So the uh, the Indiana General Assembly uh, in the last. Uh, the last session that they had, the long session, legalized uh, or in one way for a specific application, uh, legalized uh, CBD oil for uh, people that have um, epilepsy. That was the, right. basically the application that they were they're supposed to be able to use it. And I think at July first, that law actually took a, took effect. Uh, and unfortunately, the way the law was written, they were they were trying to like thread this needle between what was politically possible or not going to get you in too much trouble back yep. home at your, one of your 19 Lincoln Day dinners, and trying to help people get access to some medicine. I was actually going to try to give Dodger some CBD oil. Yeah, unfortunately, he died before that. <laughs> oh, did so, he? yeah. yeah. But, I'm sorry to laugh at that, Dakota. I feel like most of that yeah, was, was his I, podcast. I, fault, I mean, I really but, wasn't trying. Like, you, know, you could. There's all kinds of things on the internet about people giving their dogs with. Uh, canine epilepsy cbd oil and i'm sure yeah and it and like not only does it prevent the seizures but like 
okay, Dodger had to take three pills a day because of his epilepsy. And he would still have a seizure like once a month. And, um, but they would be in clusters. So he'd have like three or four, like right at the same time. So not only would the CBD oil, and this, this is just a dog. Okay. Not only would you just take a vial, like it comes with a little eyedropper and you would just put it in their food and that would replace all. Sorry, <laughs> Clay's got the phone. dance music going on and, over here. <laughs> and that would replace all, like all the six pills a day that I had to give him. Right? Which probably weren't cheap. No, they weren't cheap at all. And not only would it replace all of those pills, but if you were like, whenever they're having a seizure, like they're, you know, a person, a person or a dog's mouth is open. If you would just put the CBD oil in the mouth, then it would, it would, uh, stop the seizure, uh, prematurely and keep the other ones from happening. Hmm. So it's like, that was a huge, that was a huge deal to me. But, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. So what's happened is the, uh, they, they passed that law. We're, I guess, three months into it being in existence. And now we've got, uh, there was a, a story in WTHR at a local NBC affiliate in Indianapolis. Uh, they, they published a story of a fellow up in Hamilton County, just north of Indianapolis, uh, who got arrested, uh, for having that oil on him. Um, and the, I guess the local law enforcement officer dipped his strip or whatever they do to test. Yeah. And they said it tested positive, positive for marijuana. And now, now the guy's being charged for that. Well, I don't know it, if the prosecutor's it, actually going to move forward with it, but at least they, they well, followed it, with an arrest. It, it tested positive. See, they have the test strips, like, like a feel, like a mobility kit, right? So he, he tests it out in the field and he says, yeah, it's got THC in it. Like, oh my gosh, this, this, devil drug it's thc it makes people tired and hungry let's get it off the street so he he takes him back he arrests the guy and uh then they ended up testing it and it tested at a 0.0 percent for thc Hmm. what's the deal here you know a man got pulled over and he had a perfectly legal substance in a test kit that is known with multiple cases across the nation of it, of this test kit just being completely inaccurate, and he gets a man gets thrown in jail. Yeah, how from, from what I've looked at it, uh, when I was looking at it a little bit today, it just seems like there's a lot of confusion on the issue. Yeah. Like you have yeah, you have so one much. you have one side um, that is trying to do what they think is the law, and right. then you have the other side that makes the law that has made it kind of hazy and unclear and gray. So. Um, according to what I saw, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it may be a little bit of a topic in this next session. Yeah, I think that yeah. in the short session they're going to have to clean it up, and that's something you'll probably find when you're when you're serving in Congress is you want to get it right the first time, so you don't have people out there uh, unclear <laughs> about the law you just you just created, <laughs> right? That wouldn't it's be Congress if that well, happened. And 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 because here's um, speaking of the law and, and the, mm-hmm. the system, and you know, there's a lot of really great prosecutors out there. Yeah. That are prosecuting according to the law, and it's not even necessarily that they agree with the law per se. Sometimes but the law is the law. That's right. But the law is the law. So, you know, um, without law, you have anarchy. And which brings us, I guess, as we're talking about this. And so, I'm not personally a marijuana guy. Um, Me either. But, I, I, I'm an advocate, at, but I'm literally a tea. I, like I, I'll drink. That's probably worse. But I'll drink vodka. That's what I have go. tonight. But, but don't, I don't you, touch it. So, I'm pretty sure. And I know the answer. I, I know I'm sure. 
marijuana is illegal at a federal level. Yeah, absolutely. So, sure. Yeah. You know, but, what a slippery slope that we're in right now. So yeah. now we have states, and, you know, I'm a big advocate of the Tenth Amendment, and probably you guys are too as yeah. libertarians. Look, a lot of these issues we talk about, they need to go to the states anyway. But So now we have a very confusing system to mm-hmm. where do you, you know, if well, you turn your blind, to blind eye on one. To, I mean, yeah. yeah it's a so big we, this is the problem that we have this separation between federal and states, and a lot of this stuff, look. Needs to go to the states. It just needs to flat go to the states. The social issues need to go to the states. It's not the job of our federal government. Our federal government is to make and enact laws that pertain to the entire United States and have a good sound budget, which is number one. We can't even do that. At least in Indiana, the budget has to balance, and so does Henry County's. When Clay's working on the Henry County budget now, you uh, yeah. You, yeah. You, you have to you have to balance at the end of the year. Yeah, and here's a little not, shout not out. Not so much at the federal. A level. little shout out for Clay. Yeah. If you're not friends with Clay on Facebook. You need to do it, like, right now. Like, pause the podcast and go add Clay Morgan as a friend on Facebook. What about because, us? Elect Lamb? Yeah. Add Elect well, Lamb I mean, on Facebook? <laughs> but but Clay puts out, like, occasionally Clay will do these Facebook Live videos, and they are very informative, and especially if you uh, if you don't get off work in time to make it to the council meetings. Uh, you can catch up with it and uh, see what's happening in the county. Uh, he did one today, very informative, and uh, they're only a few minutes long, and they're they're full of golden nuggets of information. Well, thank you. Man. I think he I think he felt like he had to say that since he went to a different barbershop. <laughs> That's true. It's <laughs> true. So, uh, so you're big on the Tenth Amendment. Tell us about the Second Amendment. Where are you at on that one, uh, Jonathan? Yeah, it's the same thing. We have to have we have unalienable rights that we need to protect. Oh yeah, Jonathan. I, I almost forgot. All right. We have some questions from listeners. Okay. Um, one M- of them. Mr. Cade Coger wanted yeah. the Second Amendment. Con- one of them, yes. One yes. of them is Cade Coger. He's okay. an avid, avid listener, and he even. We, uh, we are. I don't want to alarm you, but we are the number one tractor podcast in all of Henry County. All yeah. right. I get more Snapchats and videos. More dancing music. Uh, uh, Clay is in, like, the, the disco over there. What is going on? We, we get more Snapchats and, and, vid- and things back from folks that are uh, either harvesting or planting or raking hay or whatever else. More but, uh, yeah. I don't know if you've heard about this. It's called the uh, Silencer Co. Yeah, yeah. Actually, if you look at my Facebook page, there's some pictures of us oh, testing really? out some silencers. Yeah. Okay, so you know the Hearing Protection Act, which yeah, is so uh, I have such a, a BS name. <laughs> you have to word it correctly to get it through. Yeah, yeah. the Hearing Protection Act. But do you know the Silencer Co.'s Max yes. 50? So um, I didn't know specifically about that one, but I, I do have a okay. friend that um, he invited me down to the Indiana State Police. They have a, a range, and they were doing some testing on suppressors Yeah, uh, as they, you know, we all know them as silencers, but suppressors, I guess, is is the correct term here that we're talking about. Um, because but, silencers are used for criminal activity. That's right. Yes, so, they're not. They're not used for so hunters that just don't want to scare off other. Hunting. That's right. Other but, squirrel that they're hunting. They don't want to have to wait thirty minutes exactly. between so I have a, squirrel. Right, so I have a marine vet and uh, a marine vet friend that uh, invited me along, tag along with it, and just what a difference it makes. So. You know, myself personally, I do like to shoot, uh, like to shoot trap and I have a four year old and an eight year old boy. And we were actually just recently at a Yorktown uh, football game and we got scored on a few times. And when the scores start getting run up, the fireworks go off and my four year old just hates it. 
And so guns and my kids. It wasn't the Newcastle game, was it? (laughs) That was an epic battle. (laughs) But uh, guns and uh, my kids, it's – they don't like them. You know, I remember when I was a kid, you know, my dad would take them along hunting and we never got anything. So I guess we never really shot too much anyway. I think it was just a reason for my dad to hang out with his buddies in the woods unless it's all, you know, get away. Yeah. But my kids don't like to shoot just because it's so loud. And the suppressors, it, it, the technology, it's not like it's cutting edge rocket science technology. Sure. It's a very simple, inexpensive device. That no, you can make them yourself. I mean, but it's, it's so expensive with a stamp and what you have to rate to go. Yeah. <laughs> but what you have, the weight you have to go go through to get it, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's, we absolutely need to push through the Hearing Protection Act. Okay, um, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about Silencer Co's Maxim Fifty. Okay, because if have you any of you guys look have I spoke to Kate about it? it today. Oh, yeah, okay, I saw it really? today yes. as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome. Okay, I've um, I just bought my first muzzleloader uh, last year and, because you uh, want to be able to shoot, but not fast. <laughs> well, because muzzleloader season is is specific to its own, Correct. which is really why I bought it, and uh, so and the range on it's incredible. But anyway, um, the Silencer Co's Maxim Fifty is is a muzzleloader that has its its own suppressor that's yep. built onto the end of it, and it is exempt from um, it is exempt from any federal regulations because technically a muzzleloader is not a firearm, so. They can, they can uh, make this gun that has a suppressor on the end of it, and uh, sell it in all fifty states, even California. <laughs> they can yeah. sell it. And does the podcast reach there? Oh, <laughs> they try to censor us, but we've got our we've got our backup right. servers. And uh, it's it's awesome. Well, and and Cade was telling me today and that loaders are the so issue loud. Yeah, with yeah. It is they are um, as soon as some of the more liberal states found out. Yeah, New Jersey, uh, California. They went rushing and, uh, Oregon. to try to figure out how to put a stop to it. Yeah. And uh, so actually the company, uh, to my knowledge, according to Cade Coker, they have, uh, yeah, they have, they put a stop, stop to it and they refunded people their money and things of that nature. Yeah, they're, until they're they a thousand bucks. I mean, legalities figured not, out. That's not yeah. bad. Yeah. Especially well, for how long. Well, I almost you that with a stamp just to buy a suppressor. Yeah, and it. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a good gun too. Like, if you look at it, the the specs are. So, awesome. if you had the opportunity to vote on this particular weapon to be a legal weapon to be used, yes or no? Yeah, absolutely, I'd vote there for that. There you go. Okay. But we didn't. We did have the question. I guess it was breached before we went on about recreational nukes. Yeah, yeah. Some of, some of our <laughs> listeners want to know. If and you're I think gonna, that I would be. You know, I, I am a big Second Amendment member. I think I may. Uh, Politely vote no on that. On recreational. I'm just going to mark that down here. How can, <laughs> we, how can we keep a well-maintained militia if I'm not allowed to have a nuke well, silo I, in my while backyard? Well, I got this. I'm going to show you the the new unofficial official Land for Congress T-shirt, and you can pass Uh-oh. that around. Uh <laughs> oh. Yes. So that'll be awesome. going live on the website here. You can get your very own uh, Land for a, Congress uh, T-shirt. We have, we have a lamb with an RPG and the uh, the the U.S. Capitol building in the background. Best I, I, I probably eye. will buy that. Yeah, well, like, it'll be available 100%. on the website next week. So, that is hilarious. Uh, so get your official, unofficial campaign T-shirt. And you can support right. the fiercest of all the barnyard-sized animals, the one and only wow. lamb. Well, very cool. Wow. So, uh, 
So in the recon world, Dakota uh, this week, wildly changing subjects. Yeah. Once again, we'll reset again as a, as a radio amateur. I haven't done that enough. I'm Jeremiah Morrill, the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast. Dakota Davis, Clay Morgan, and congressional candidate, Mr. Jonathan Lamb. Uh, Dakota, you, you visited the, uh, Newcastle City Council for the first time. I you've didn't. been, you've been very triggered in the last week and a half over oh a potential ordinance. This so you went down there to rain hellfire upon the city council. I did. It was, uh, it was, uh, ordinance number 3772, which is, uh, banning all smoking. How dare in, they? And on all public property owned by the city owned, I use quotation marks. Um, so, so city property. Any city property. Gotcha. Cemeteries. And yes. I have some <laughs> fire parks. departments are included in that. Fire departments are included That's in that. That's what I heard, yep. yes. Within 25 feet of the entrance to the fire department as well. And uh, sidewalks are included in that. I, they didn't say anything about the roads, so I don't know if you can be <laughs> well, riding so the, your bike did, on the road and smoking. They did say sidewalks, though. They yeah. did say sidewalks. So you can't just walk up and down the sidewalk smoking a cigarette, no, according you can't. if this passes. Yeah, you you will be fined. If Comrade wow. Dickin had his way. Actually, okay. Okay. How much room do you have in your jail? That's the question. Yeah. Okay. So here, here's the thing. I'm getting. uh, I'm not going to get into the smoking ban because Aaron Dickin is going to be on next week, and uh, I'm going to get into it with him. Gently. We want him to like us when it's over. It's not going to be gentle. (laughs) It's Aaron Dickin. We know you're listening. Oh boy. I know. I'm. I'm not going to hold back. I did meet Aaron. At the council meeting, it was the first time I ever yeah. met Aaron. Nice he, guy, yeah, he's a super nice yeah, guy. This guy, um, he he even one time just real fast. Um, he's probably not of, much of a customer of yours, though. Well, he, he's not a customer. <laughs> he is not. If you he's see bald. his Facebook profile, you understand why. But uh, he did give me a text one time. He was walking because uh, on Broad Street is the uh, Republican headquarters for Henry County. Yeah, we used to cruise Broad in high school. And uh, he was uh, walking by, and he sent me a text. And he's like, "Hey." My wife wanted me to let you know you have a bird in your headquarters. So <laughs> I thought that was a nice reach out from the other side, from the Democrat, uh, Aaron Dickin, to let us know that, that our uh, headquarters had been infested. It got by in a bird. from that rock I threw through the window. It must have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Aaron is a, Aaron is a good guy from, oh, yeah. from what I, from what I saw, from how I, how I talked to him, he, he's a good guy. Yeah. And, uh, um, Basically, they like it. Okay, so the meeting came to session. The okay. gavel came down from Mayor York. The first thing on the table is a smoking ban, and they said first thing we want to talk about is Ordinance Number Thirty-Seven Seventy-Two, which is a smoking ban for city property. Jeff Hancock uh, of the Jiffy Lube Hancock, yeah, of the Jiffy Lube, shoots up out of his chair, like just shoots up out of his chair, stands and, up out of his chair, yeah, and wow. says. I want to make a motion to repeal ordinance number 3772. And uh, as soon as, like, he's Animated. All, oh, yeah, he's on wow. fire. He's like, I am so against this. I'm going to repeal it. I'm going to be a hero for all the constitutional people in in Newcastle, Indiana. Wow. And Just then, running, uh, running out in front of that bus. Yep. And then uh, as soon as he says that, um, oh, dang it, I can't remember his name, the the legal counsel, uh, uh, Copenhagen. Uh-huh. David Copenhagen. David, uh-huh. yeah. And he says, uh, he says, well, it, there's required to have three readings of an ordinance before it can actually be passed into law, and there's only been one. So there's no need to right. repeal Mr. Hancock, which kind of shot him down, and he got a little bit red in the face. But I respect his position. I am in 
full agreement with uh, Jeff Hancock. I probably would have been just as animated and said, well, I don't care. I want it shot off the table right now. But he, he held it together better than I would. Um, Aaron Dickin. Was he absent at the last meeting where they passed it? <laughs> well, it has to be, it has to be passed through three readings. Right, I'm just, I'm just asking. He was, was, he, was he, he as animated well, last time, yeah. right? Well, he was, uh, he was, I, I don't know. He was I, there for the first reading. Just, this is the first time I've ever been to a council meeting. So, uh, anyway, but we were talking about Mr. Dickin, Aaron Dickin, actually. Dickin Dickin. And I don't know if he was just trying to impress me. If I got through to him on his uh, Facebook page, being you the are keyboard, very influential, being the keyboard you warrior have, that I am, a, you have almost as much personal power as Darren Jacobs. Uh, <laughs> almost, <laughs> I had to drop his name. Sorry about that. Sorry. He has to be dropped in every episode. <laughs> that's that's how it works. It's in his contract. But uh, but that way Aaron, he doesn't give me a fine for not cutting my grass because it's getting alarmingly long, and I know he's the guy. Uh oh. Go ahead. But anyway, they started talking about this other bill that was passed in uh, in uh, 1993 that. Uh, actually already bars smoking within public buildings and semi-covered buildings. Okay, so that that would include like uh, shelters and like shelter houses and stuff. Dugouts at the baseball game. Yeah, Your little yeah, league yeah. coach is not allowed to smoke anymore. Right. So then, uh, so then... Not since the early 90s. Yeah. What in the world is this? Not so, Dakota's lifetime, per se. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in my lifetime. So this Aaron Dickin brain. actually <laughs> motioned to table 3772. Yeah. But he, he did say that his reasoning was because he wanted to read in this, read into the other ordinance and see exactly what all it banned. He wanted to read the archaic, archaic old ordinance that was passed when Clay was graduating high school. Sorry. But then, but then Aaron said that, <laughs> that this is not an issue for the county, for the city council. He said, this isn't our baby to handle if this ordinance is actually already in place. This belongs to the park board. City Park who, Board. Who, yeah, who the City that? Park Board. This was Aaron Dickin. Okay, okay. And uh, everybody was pretty much in agreement, so they tried to take another vote to pass it, and it died for lack of action. Hmm. So that's where we're I've at I've been now. there. <laughs> Dying of lack of action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I, I think it, it is quite possible that Aaron just wanted to table it to wait until he came on the Boss Hog of Liberty. I think that's what it was. So so I read the story. I mean, I really do think it's because I am such a heavy influence on him. You're exactly right. We're going to find out. Am I that powerful? We're going to find I out next I, week. So. I will say that whenever I walked in, Corey Murphy of the uh, of the uh, Henry Count- Newcastle Henry County Economic Development Committee, yes, nchcedc.com. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> That's the one. Yep that that is a domain site. He uh, he actually came up to me and he said, "You look really familiar. Do I know you from somewhere?" And I said, "There you go. I do a lot of modeling." <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think I've ever met you. And he goes, well, you know, my name is Corey Murphy. And I said, I'm Dakota Davis. And he said, oh, you're from the Boss Hog of Liberty podcast. <laughs> it's spreading like wildfire. Yeah. It's amazing what one cover on the co- local paper will do for you, isn't it? There you I go. will say this. And if this isn't the most beautiful example of bureaucracy that you've ever seen in your life, then I don't know what is. Because uh, Corey Murphy goes up there to give an update on the uh, economic development uh you can have Corporate. a good corporation. Yeah, the corporation. Mr. Lamb, have you I, met Corey Murphy yet? I have not. Okay. Yeah, so he goes up there to give an update, and he says, we're changing the domain name from uh, nchcedc.com to growinghenry.com. And he says, mm. and the I-N in growing is going to be capitalized, and there's going to be a logo of the state of Indiana around it. 
And I'm like, oh, that, yeah, that's a good idea. Creative. And it sparks a freaking debate. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> People because are debating. You left like, Newcastle out, dang it. Yeah. And uh, they're like, they're like, oh, I don't like that. Like the, the, the NCHCEDC is so much easier <laughs> to remember. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a bunch of freaking letters. How can you remember whether or not NC or HC comes first? Like I'm having a hard time remembering we, it just talking to you guys. We know that most of the folks on that committee probably draft all of their letters in all caps, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Just screaming at the baby boomers. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. I think that this needs to happen. That, that's how I that's how I imagine <clears throat> all the baby boomers on Facebook. Whenever they whenever they talk in all caps. No, but he uh, don't be dissing the baby boomers. I need their votes. <laughs> I, I have bad news for you. This is not the market for baby boomers on this podcast. <laughs> Hey, I have family you're gonna, you're that's gonna, baby boomers. You're going to have – yeah, my, your, your <laughs> parents of, I, I had heard a, uh, a comment that when – after it came out, you know, the podcast and the paper, the newspaper, right, there was some older um, people that was talking to a friend and said, I just don't understand this balls hog of liberty thing. Liberty's in a whole different county. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's hilarious. Yes, absolutely. No, they uh, – <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, my parents are Gen Xers. They're not baby boomers. See, that's how oh man, my baby boomers. Yeah, my. How old are you, Clay? Forty-two. Yeah, I'm. See, my dad's only three years older than Clay. Yeah, yeah. That's. I miss talking to your dad. <laughs> he goes to B fifty twos. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh why. I, that's why I had to go on the recon mission. My yeah. uh, my dad goes to a salon over in Shelby County, over in Morris. See, I went go. to I went to Great Clips. This was a few months ago. I needed a haircut really bad. In an absolute emergency. See how quickly we go from yeah, one side yeah. to the other. I'm a other. great clips guy myself. Well, was, that was the situation. I'm like, I'm going to be working overtime. It's a Monday. I'm not I'm not working overtime tonight. I'm just going to go to great clips. And I hated it. I'm so used to the barbershop. And I'm so used to just talking to Clay about and getting heated about politics. And I miss that at B-52s. Like, he just kept asking me about, like, what sports I played. And I'm like... I play golf and I play music and I host a political podcast. And he's <laughs> like, oh. And he's like, well, did, uh, did you uh, How do about anything? The in, to the Rams. Huh? <laughs> yeah, he's like, did you do anything in the military after high school? I'm like, no. I watched no, the commercials. No, no. Yeah. Like, I, I tried, they tried to recruit me, but I wasn't into Cheered it. Cheered for Dale Jr. So it was just, there was like, <laughs> there was National no guard car. <laughs> there was no conversation there. <laughs> Anyway, going back to the the city council meeting, um, I'm gonna skip past a couple of these things, like a plat in the cemetery and everything. Like that, that doesn't really matter. Oh, uh, the reading of the minutes. Ordinance of thirty seven seventy five is to establish <laughs> a one way on an alley north of Broad Street. Um, I just have to point this out because my my ward is ward number five, and it is Mark Coger. He is the uh, he is my councilman and he was talking about the city code and accidentally said shitty code (laughs) (laughs) shameful shameful oh it was hilarious he said well does the shitty code allow that (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that was so funny (laughs) so this is this is why you really should attend all the public meetings all of the public meetings (laughs) oh it was like it was the first time I've been there, and you know, there's like, there's me, and there is uh, Corey Murphy, and there's like 
eight other like baby boomers, like Dale Cole and all them, like our famous Dale Cole from yes. the Boss Hog Liberty. Of course. Um, all them in there. And I don't think they caught it, except for Corey and uh, Mayor York and a couple other people on the council. So they're all like cackling a little bit, and Mark's cackling at himself, and I'm like, I'm just back there like red in the face, <laughs> like, like biting, like my just, lips are bleeding because dying. I'm biting so hard. But it was pretty good. But uh, I ended up like, okay, so if you're listening to this on Indiana Talks, and you have listened to this podcast before, you know that I am I am pretty far right on the libertarian spectrum. I, I came from a very conservative household, like hardcore, like Donald Trump conservative household. And, uh, um, just <clears throat> lost half the listeners. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's not really a conservative. You should know well, that. Okay. I shouldn't say conservative, but <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. I, I and, feel uh, you. I feel you. And, uh, anyway, so I, I lean pretty far to the right. So I, whenever I talk, whenever I talk to Democrats, like there's just this, ingrainment in my head like this this red siren starts flashing it's like enemy 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 <laughs> and i'm like no stop 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 they're not the enemy and but anyway that that always happens i don't know why but so i i start thinking that like man my my councilman is mark coger and he's got that freaking d beside his name what is about that and, like, we started talking about the smoking ban. We started talking about the 2018 budget. They started talking about giving all the counselors raises. And, like, he is he is on it. Like, he's aligning with all of my principles. And, like, here I am. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking I, I might want to be running for my district in, in 2019. And I'm like, man, but I like Mark a lot. And I just don't know what to do. But he, I, I have to give a shout-out to Mark. He is a... He's a good guy. He's got good principles. You were impressed. Right? I, yeah. I was your, your experience. super impressed. Yeah. One, one thing I've noticed since being involved is across the spectrum in this area, it's much different than Delaware County. <laughs> um, We've had much fewer arrests. Yeah. Uh, the, so uh, far. Re- Republic, I mean, across the board politically, we, we all fairly conservative thinking. Oh, um, yeah. And, and uh, you and I have talked about that before. So, like, oh, yeah. When yeah. John Gregg it's, was running for governor, if he were to go out to, to get, Portland, Oregon, yeah. he's he's not a Democrat. It's pretty easy to get along around here Yeah, yeah. With, with city, county. And, you know, I'm Republican on the county. Most all of our city is Democrat, as elected officials. And we get along really, really well. So. It doesn't work that yeah. way in Delaware County. No, it does not. No. So you have four parties up there, I, right? I yeah. do want to talk about uh, about Ordinance thirty seven seventy seven. All right, through Ordinance thirty seven eighty three, which is the salaries of all government employees in the city, and uh, so they start talking about uh, counselors and the the clerk and the mayor and everybody getting raises, and uh, basically this would give them a five hundred dollar year raise. They make six thousand dollars a year as it is. Uh, there, we do have one at-large councilman, Rex Peckinpah, who writes his check every month back to the city. He doesn't take any money, and uh, which is awesome for him. And uh, But they wanted to get a $500 a year raise, and Mayor York is just hounding on this issue. He's like, we don't get the opportunity to give you guys raises very often, and I think that if we really want people to start running for office and doing getting involved in the community they need to make more money and aaron's aaron dickon is like nah dude you're insane like 
we don't even do $6,000 a year worth of work, is what Aaron's saying. A couple of people are like, well, the county council, like freaking Clay Morgan, <laughs> he, he they only meet once a month, and they make double the money we that's do. That's right. Ooh. And that's all I do. Yeah, and Aaron's like... That's all like, I do. I just meet once a month. Yep, just once a that's month. That's it. That's right. And No, that, that literally was Henry said. County? That that literally was said. Like, it, they didn't bring up your name specifically, no, obviously, yeah, but I know. they were like... Yeah. Well, they make double the money and they do half the work. And I'm like, really? And Aaron Dickin, he's like, um, I'm pretty sure that the county is bigger than the city, you guys. Like, and they probably take in more tax dollars than what the city does. But anyway, uh, Aaron, Aaron made the motion to deny the raises for city council. And, uh, it ended up failing four to three. So it was really close. Uh, uh, Jeff Hancock ended up making a motion to pass all of the raises for everybody. And uh, the motion carried six to zero with Aaron Dickin abstaining. There we go. So well, I'm excited to have Aaron on. That'll the be our teaser for him next week. Uh, we're getting to about the end of the show here. So we'll go around the table and have final thoughts and everybody a chance to plug something. Clay, you got any final thoughts for us tonight or anything you need uh, us to look out for? Well, I, I tell you what, if, if I could just. Uh, do away with my final thoughts. I forgot the technical term to that. I have one more question for Mr. Lamb. All if right. he would All take right. two seat. minutes. Hot seat. Yeah, let's go. Just two minutes. Just uh, thoughts on education. Um, and um, also, in tied in with that, I realize you're not going to be able to describe the whole subject within a couple minutes. But thoughts on education and then special education, because uh, I have um, someone on my Facebook feed that is has been fighting strongly for um, equal opportunity for uh, special needs children and the uh, inadequate funding in certain areas. And I realize some of that's a state issue, but again, it goes back to my comments on the war on drugs. If we're going to, if we're going to spend the money, um, give us let's, let's spend it. Yeah, let, yeah. Let's get a good return on that investment. So again, thoughts on education and uh, coupled in with that special education. All right. So I'll try to do it under two minutes. Go. Go ahead. Um, You're on the we'll solve the world's problems right here under two minutes. Education is one of the number one issues in the district with regard to this. Um, it's it's all about economics. And as I, I meet with business owners, I meet with factory owners, and we look at what you guys remember Henry County as, what I remember East Central Indiana as. It's completely different than it was. And we have had a simple brain drain across Indiana. Indiana is losing population. The rest of the folks are gaining it. And a lot of that has to do with the education of our folks. Um, I think it's the expectation now of of uh, parents to, to send their kids to college. And, you know, I'm glad to hear Dakota say that, that he uh, went to Ivy Tech and, and learned a trade. And that's what we're, we're losing in right now. So education is more than just what takes place in a book and and gaining knowledge, and we have to start that process young. I think that we've mistakenly believed that um, we start thinking about what we want to do in the last kind of semester of high school, and it doesn't start then. You know, it starts early. My wife is an educator. She's got an elementary education degree from Ball State. She taught fourth grade for a number of years, and then uh, her and I ran um, the daycare franchise, and we had 190 kids in our daycare from ages zero to um, right up to kindergarten. 
So education starts early, and if we're going to return this area to kind of a, a world-class area, we have to start with world-class schools and world-class education. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we need to be pumping out doctors and lawyers and and all these white-collar jobs. It means that we need an education that fits the demographic and the mold of our society. So I think it's important. It starts young, and then it goes in through, you know, trade schools and our universities. Yep. I learned a long time ago that you need to follow your dreams, but your dreams need to be obtainable. They need to be your dreams and not what someone else wants you to do. Yep. Um, special education? Yeah, so spe- yeah. So I know that uh, Indiana has worked on this. I can't remember. Um, Josh and I were at a, at a meeting with this not too long ago. And it was a, a hot topic. I know Indiana has allowed some opportunities for some folks with special education. Um, they need to do, and especially if we look at autism education, it's something that is, is greatly needed, and we're seeing more and more prevalent of it in society. And, you know, my wife and I talk about this all the time. You know, we, you know, even looking back when we went to high school, you know, almost 20 years ago, um, we don't remember you know, the, the same need for autism that we see now and, and how really prevalent it is in our society. And we can't just cast these, these folks away. And we talk about taboo topics, economics. These are taboo topics as well that, that doesn't get addressed and we need to address them. And so, yeah, we need to have programs with it because it is here and it's not going anywhere. And um, these are people that, that can be integrated with society. You know, we've been bashing a little bit on Delaware County today. Um, which is which is all fair and fun and games, but we have some great programs in Delaware County that that we're doing to uh, help with some folks to get them on the job training after high school and prepare them for life. They're doing great things yeah. with the and hospital the, and the uh, Arc Hotel. State. Yeah, great, great, great program, and I think that we need more of that because um, our special education folks, um, there is life after high school with them, and. We have to figure out ways to, to integrate them and get them involved. Very good. Any anything else from you, Clay? You've got a big uh, meeting. You try to plug it today on uh, on Facebook, trying to get some locals to show up for. Correct? Yeah, yeah. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, next Wednesday at three o'clock, the the great old time of three o'clock in the afternoon when everybody can attend. So this uh, this coming Wednesday. Yes. Yep. All right, I'm, I'm going to see if I can skip yep. out on work a little early. There you go. It it should be interesting. Um, we're gonna. It's our public hearing on the 2018 county budget. Um, you know, honestly, I don't know um, if they'll just try to say, well, you know, we have to have another meeting before we discuss it, or why. I, I don't know what they'll try to do with it, but um, I do hope to uh, be asking some questions and try to get uh, a few answers because some there are some things that are kind of hazy right now. And, um, anyways. Uh, I would like to definitely uh, talk about that more in an upcoming uh, podcast when I can find out more information because right now it's it doesn't look good and it is kind of hazy. But, yeah, next week, uh, next Wednesday, 3 o'clock, is our public hearing in the courthouse. And uh, we'll be discussing some of the things that we found out with the budget. And, and uh, it's in the courthouse here in Newcastle, right? Yeah. The, yeah. New, the new one. No, the old, no, the the old, old, old courthouse, second floor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the old courthouse, second floor. This and, is just uh, for my sake. <laughs> so we we will be. It is the again the public hearing on the 2018 budget for Henry County, three o'clock. If you can make it, um, if you can't, God bless you. You're working, um, and I will. Um, I'll I'll do an update on on what we talk about and things. So 
trying to keep up with it myself. How, uh, how long are you expecting it to last? Until the commissioner's meeting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the, the public hearing is actually kind of um, scheduled from 3 to 3.30 um, because oh. our council meeting, our official council meeting, regular monthly meeting starts at 3.30. But um, if, if, there, if it lingers over, I mean, it'll just linger, linger over and we'll... Is the council uh, meeting open to the public? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. all open to the public. And um, real quick, um, October 2nd is our uh, specially scheduled budget session where we're going to come back to the table to look at how we're going to allocate the funding, where we're going to make cuts, things like that. Again, I've heard some crazy stuff out there. Um, so hopefully we can get a handle on what, what is happening and what, what is trying to be done Um you know, uh, among some, but anyways, uh, that is eight o'clock to probably noon or one eight o'clock in the morning on, uh, yeah. So most people won't be able to attend, but it is open to the public. Um, and, and if, if you can attend, it should be pretty interesting. All right. Well, very good. Hopefully uh, folks can make it out that to that for clay, Jonathan, uh, final thoughts, ways to follow you on social media, all of your, uh, your ways to, to reach out and support your campaign and learn more about you. Yeah, we are on Twitter and Facebook at Elect Lamb, and that is Elect and then Lamb, like the fiercest of all the barnyard animals, Lamb, L A M B. We have a real big presence on Twitter that's just followed me over from my uh, business and economics world. I think we have 30 some thousand followers on Twitter. Uh, I was probably the only millennial in the world not to have a Facebook account, and I got one of those on August 1st when I announced I was running. So we have a Facebook account, so come on over and check us out at Elect Lamb. And the website would be the same. That would be www.electlamb.com. Awesome. Very good. Well, we thank you very much for uh, stopping by and hanging out with us and learning. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I know it's a little bit of an un, uh, unorthodox platform, and we, we, we certainly appreciate you uh, doing the long-form show with us today. Anytime. It's uh, awesome. Dakota, final thoughts from you? I just want to again thank, thank Jonathan for coming out and uh, Josh for driving him. In the big truck. Um, <laughs> no, but I really appreciate you coming out. Like, one of the biggest things for for me, whenever uh, we first started doing this podcast, and I, I mentioned it on one of the previous episodes of where I wanted to take this, and we were talking about our goals. My biggest goal was to make us a respected platform to where people running for office would want to come and talk about uh, the issues and their points of view on things. Well, you got and, a long way to go then to be respected. Yeah, but, <laughs> no, no. but you made—I mean, you made that happen no, no, for I, us tonight, and I, I really appreciate that. No, I appreciate you guys having me. This was great, and I'm—you know—what you guys do is is truly amazing. I'm glad we're we're out here talking about these issues because they're things that they are these issues that are taboo and get swept under the rug, and people don't don't know that they're actively going on. And that's the one thing that's really opened my eyes on this whole process is the complacency of the American people. You know, really, people do not know and understand what's going on. And to Clay's point earlier, it's not all what you see on these commercials. There are really things behind it. And to your point as well earlier, again, when you talk about getting involved and and meeting people and knowing people that are involved in them, yeah, we may be going to battle with with some people in this this primary, but you know what? They're all good people. At the end of the day, hopefully the people that are are in it are all doing it for the right reasons, and we all want to see – at the end of the day, we're all Americans working to the common goal, and I think that uh, that's what we need to be trying to achieve. Yep, absolutely. So I guess uh, my last final thoughts here are uh, 
once again, and thank you for to the people at uh, Big Bounce and uh, my the flower shop that we actually actually Audrey and I got our our wedding flowers from there. there really? You go. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, so. and now it's if you like just get your hair cut at you know one of your own. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, and it, what's funny is like the amount that they donated to us. This is the exact amount that our flowers cost. Well, there you go. Nice. So there like, you go. Worked yeah, out the nicely. gift that keeps on giving, Clark. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. But, uh, yeah, a, a big thank you to everybody listening. Um, we we have a lot of fun with this podcast, and I, I really hope that it's informative to everybody. Um, I wish Jonathan the best, and uh, you can follow me on social media at Savat on Twitter and at Dakota Davis on Facebook. Well, very good. Uh, Jeremiah here. Uh, final, uh, final thank you to, uh, to Jonathan for, uh, for coming out here. We, I know we ran a little longer than you're probably expecting, but we do appreciate you sticking I'm with good. us. And Josh, uh, Josh for, for playing my role. I did that all through 2016. I sat in the corner during podcast and radio interviews with Rex's campaign. So, uh, uh, thank you guys both for being here. Uh, definitely look into them, uh, as libertarians, uh, ballot access is always very important to us and making sure that you have choices. Uh, whether it's the Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, Independents, the Green Party, uh, ballot access is way too difficult in the state. Uh, yep. Jonathan is going to, if he's not there already, he's going to have to go out and get uh, hundreds of signatures to get on we the don't Indiana have to do ballot. That. We don't have to do that at the House race. I'm sorry. You're gonna yeah, have, you would have to Senate do that. Folks. You would have Senate to do that in the Senate race, yes. Aggressively. And they have to do it in the, uh, I guess, to get on the ballot in the county. But you, county you don't level. have to here. No, we don't have to. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's a... It's very important, the work he's doing, to, to give people choices so that there are more than just one name on the uh, on That's the Republican right. primary ballot. Um, so we're very happy that he's here. Uh, definitely look him up on social media. We want to thank everybody that has supported this podcast so far. 22 episodes in is just incredible. Uh, if this is the first time you're listening to this and you want to hear more about it and you're, you're a fan of Jonathan's and you've stuck around this long, go back and listen to some more episodes or like and subscribe on uh, on SoundCloud or iTunes or uh, or. Any one of the different uh, different uh, methods you can listen to this show. We're on uh, Spotify, TuneIn Radio. It's just crazy the amount of platforms that uh, we're available on now. If you need to hit me up, uh, moral at bossauglibrity.com. And until next time, uh, we'll. Uh, it's more fr- forced friendship. What are we signing off with, Dakota? I don't even know. Well, you should probably just check to make sure you hit yeah. record. Well, we, we, we did that. This. We got that yeah, one. Yeah. All right. All right. It's always a there. fear. It's a fear I always have, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom didn't like cocaine. No, she never did. No. Uh, man. I really don't. I don't know. Make Henry County great again? No. No, no. that's probably not <laughs> it. I got I'm not a crook. First in friendship, fourth in obesity. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I did not have relations. No. <laughs> just the good old boys. We'll just, uh, we'll just tell everybody thank you and that we'll see you, uh, see you on episode 23 with uh, Aaron Dickin. Henry County, Indiana shines. There you go. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.